Have you ever been to Pandora's box down at Federal Hill? I have. Did you know it was a black female-owned shop? She's taking names, kicking down doors. I've been there for 20-plus years, folks. The next voice you'll hear here on my podcast will be the owner. We'll be right back. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Seek's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carryout, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be filled by Zeke's. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest maker space, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welder and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. We got a hot show for you today, folks. When I mean, I got somebody who I met. I met this lady at a party. <laughs> it was at a party almost a year ago. I mean, it's been that long, feels like. Shout out to Live Baltimore. It was at their birthday bash every year. And we up there cutting the rug on the dance floor. And she's like, I got a shop downtown. You got to come check it out. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then another neighbor was like, you got to check out her spot. It's off the hook. I'm like, what? She lived in a neighborhood? And we didn't even know we lived in the same neighborhood when we were talking at this party. But she has one of the most amazing stores in the city. We always try to support black women out here doing big things in Baltimore City. And I want to shine a light on her. This is her episode. Miss Monisha, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Are you excited to be on the show? I am. I am. I'm excited. This has been a long time making. Yes, it is. And I was jealous. I'm excited to I be was here. jealous you were on other shows, and I'm like, I gotta get you on my show. Oh, don't be jealous. You know, <laughs> spread the love. Spread the love. <laughs> so, tell people about your 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 store. Tell about your business. To give me a little quick background. Well, um, Pandora's Box, I've owned it for 21 years now. It's in Federal Hill on Cross Street. Um, It's a lifestyle boutique. Um, It speaks to the heart of many, um, especially women. Fun things, um, gifts, accessories, Baltimore um, uh, souvenirs, what else? Um, Accessories, um, a little bit of everything, in that small shop, but it's it's just full of love and fun and joy and definitely a lot of snark. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so are you, are you originally from Baltimore, right? I am. What part of Baltimore? Where are you from Baltimore? West Baltimore. Okay. West Although side. I live in Northeast, I'm from West. Okay. Okay. So where'd you go to high school at West? I went to Carver Vocational High School. Okay. Okay. And I took business in high school. Okay. So, so you did the thing in Carver and then what was your favorite childhood memory growing up in Baltimore City? Wow, there's so many. Um, <laughs> one, um, going outside with my friends, jump roping, um, double dutch and jacks. Uh, what else? Um, Saturday, spending time with my mom, going downtown, going to the Hustlers building, um, you know, shopping, going over to Lexington Market, um, making it a whole day downtown, actually. Um, hopefully, we'll get back to that once every the new rebuild happens but yeah those are a lot of childhood memories that's that's really cool um i, I always tell people my childhood memories going down lexington market and i always get the peanut guy oh and yeah that, that peanut definitely there's a constant i think the peanut Constantine, yes yes mm. yeah and that was my spot the peanuts <laughs> yes. you know so that was my uh really cool thing i would go and with my dad and it was always like a really cool experience or my aunt worked downtown if you remember the old social security building oh yeah that's definitely. not there no more we used to go down there and she's like i got I went to i went to lexington market today i got murray murs i got this i'm like <laughs> it was a good day you know yes it was so, so i definitely remember that so i mean what so you moved to northeast but after high school what'd you do what'd you do after high school okay um after high school wow Man, I'm telling my age, and I got to think about it. We're throwing it back. We're going to throw it back. We want to get a little bit more about you. So I actually, um, at the high school, I did go to college. Um, Well, it's not unfortunate, but my life changed because I had my son. And then after then, I worked a little bit, um, decided to go back to school um, and took business courses and classes. And while I was taking classes, I also worked. I mean, I've always been in a um, position where I was in a a lead role, but I knew then that um, my full-time employment was going to supplement my business one day. I didn't know what quite what business, but it it was I was working to open up a business. Did you have any entrepreneurs in your family that you could model at all, or friends or somebody like? Damn, they doing their own thing. I want to do my own thing. Have you? Did you ever see anybody like doing that? Yes, my family is full of um, business owners um, on both sides of my family, mom and dad's side. Um, it's, it's, speaking of which, also um, my cousin is actually a professor at Howard University. He teaches at the School of Business. Um, but my uncle, my great uncle, um, cousins, they're contractors. They're all self-employed. So yes, plenty of business owners in my family. So, so that's so. Would you say that kind of inspired you to have your own, and not really just like you're like I'm, I'm streamed like kind of like what I'm doing. I'm like I want my own thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to where you are. That's where I'm <laughs> looking. So, I, so that's why I always have entrepreneurs on the show because I love hearing these stories. I think Baltimore City beyond need to hear these stories about how amazing things that you've gone through. And maybe somebody's listening and say, well, I can do this tomorrow or I, I, I want to I learn. So, again, like, did you, when doing all this, like, was it already innate, like, in the back of your mind, like, I want to have my own thing? Or was it kind of like, eh, maybe one day? Um, I knew at the age of nine I wanted to own my own business. When most kids were um, actually playing with their Easy Bake Oven, I asked my family for um, my mom an actual uh, cash register because I wanted to do business. And I knew then it was about dollars and cents (laughs) (laughs) at that early age. So from there, um, at an early age, I knew I wanted to be in control of, of my own life. 
then um, I thought it was fun. And then as time went on, like I said, having a family, um, you know, my husband encouraged me, um, you know, to just go for my, you know, being in high school, my teachers, as well as um, just just knowing. And then I knew having my own business would give me the flexibility that I wanted. You know, I just, I'm always, I want to call my own shots. I want to work on my terms. Not to say I can't work in a workplace because I've, I've been successful in a workplace, but I just, you know, I, I want to, I want to be in charge of that. So like, yeah, I think I kind of always knew. It's always been in my heart anyway. I love hearing that. You were like, people were getting ovens and then you're like, I'm getting the coins. I'm yeah. The I, I didn't want that easy. <laughs> I got one and I was very upset about it and. They quickly knew that register was was gonna make me happy. Oh, you were you're ready to hustle. You're ready to do. It. I like yes. it. I, I love it. I mean, I always look back at my family and kind of like what you're saying about your family. And I like to you know get parallels. So people understand my family had family business growing up. That's good. And they always had their own. They always had they took care of themselves. And I and I always regret. And maybe I, I, I still do for a little bit. But we did, my uncles were like, hey, do you want to take over the family business? And it was a convenience store on the corner. And I was just like, ah, nah. you know, because I didn't want to do that at that moment. Mm-hmm. I look back at it in life now and I'm like, I should have done it. I should have did it. I should have did it, you know, and I didn't do it. But I think things happen for a reason in the, in the world, you know, and I feel like now I'm doing this. So, again, I love hearing your story about your passion and doing that. So what were you doing as a gig while you were doing your side hustle of doing like his own business. What were you doing? Like, what were, kind of career were so you So I worked for um, University of Maryland. Um, I worked in different capacities. Um, I was, wow, I planned open houses. I planned open houses for university. Um, I was a part of that. Um, actually, um, getting that together. Um, I did uh, payroll um, for university and budget. So I was always in with the numbers, no matter what, whether it was, and always building relationships. It was always about relationships, either with the students, incoming students, recruitment. Um, wow. I can I, I forgot about all the different See? things I've done. Hey, but it built you to where you are today. Would you say that? Definitely. And to help get that. Okay. So what we're going to do, folks, we're going to take a quick break. But we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Pandora's box. We're going to get into it. But I wanted you guys to get a quick background of her just so we can get the feeling. And it's going to get even hotter here because I know she's about to drop some jewels and gems <laughs> for you folks. We'll be right back with these messages. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses. And with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances. Whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation or consulting, nonprofit or small business, Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at baltimorefiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. 
Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. And folks, we are back with Miss Melanesia, and she's the owner of Pandora's Box, and I'm so happy that she's here at No Pixar Dark Studios in Northeast Baltimore. And we're also celebrating Women's History Month, and we have her here celebrating what she's doing in the community. She's doing big things. Um, I wish we had a store like hers up here, but we have a couple like 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 that similar. But you know, always love celebrating black women who are entrepreneurs, businesswomen doing big things. And I think sometimes we don't talk about that in society. And we need to highlight and uplift each other. And black, white, whatever you mean, but black women, we need to show love out here as business owners. So we're back. That was my little spiel. Because I, 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 I really believe in it. I really believe, on, believe in that. Talk about Pandora's Box. How did we get to Federal Hill? Give us the, like, give us the background, like how this all happened. And when you knew, all right, I'm leaving this 9 to 5. I need to get my own gig. Okay. Well, wow, that's a little loaded, so I I can go on and on about that. But um, (laughs) two reasons why Federal Hill, um, one on a personal level, one on a business level. The personal level was years ago, I wasn't always welcome to Federal Hill as being a black woman. Preach. And so that didn't sit well with me. I can remember a story, a time going to see the fireworks and my family, it was a group of us, and we kind of got lost leaving the fireworks. And just just know that we were not welcome leaving. We were told, get out of there, don't come back, you know, that kind of sort of thing. And I I remember that. Um, And that didn't sit well with me. And so um, fast forward years of thinking about a business on the business end, um, I knew Federal Hill, it, it, it checked all the marks. Um, one, there was not any retail there. Um, it was actually, um, it was a lot of foot traffic. They needed a gift shop. Um, it was, there was, um, there was an audience, but they wasn't being served in the neighborhood. If you needed to get a quick gift, if you're a tourist, you need to pick up something beyond the Inner Harbor where the locals are. Um, there wasn't anything there. So on a business end, it checked all the boxes. I was like, yes. And then I will never forget. I'm like, okay, y'all going to see me again one day. Um, is going on the personal end, like, you know, that just really didn't sit well. And I'm like, okay, I'll be back. It's, I don't want to, I'm going to jump in real quick because I remember growing up and I remember like we never went down to Federal Hill. We never went to the area. And I remember when I moved back to Baltimore, and that was back in 2005 or six. my parents were like, where are you going? And when they said it like that to me, I knew there was a trigger right there. So it's interesting you're saying that. So go ahead. I, I just wanted to- yeah, no. So those for those two reasons, that, that got me to Federal Hill. Um, the, that was the, those were the reasons why I came there. So then when you look in the spot, were you the first black business owner down there, or were, was there somebody else before you when you got down there? Um, Vanessa Vintage, um, she was the first black business. She's still um, thankful and grateful that she's still there um, on Charles Street. So I was actually the second black business, but one of the first retailers. So was it hard for you to get a shop down there? Or I, mean, I mean, I guess going behind the scenes a little bit, was it hard for you, for them, like, you like, I'm, I wanted to shop down here. I found a perfect place. Uh, where the owner, where the business owners like that business association down there like 
Do they judge? They say, hey, we vote you to come in down here. How does it work the process? Honestly, I didn't go through the association. I wasn't um, <laughs> I wasn't asking for permission, you know, to build my business and for me to um, for me to fulfill my passion. Um, I saw an empty space. I um, I had already did my research on what I thought a business, what they needed, what I was looking for. I saw a space. As a matter of fact, it was the old Maria D's that was originally, because I'm in a different location from when I originally started. Um, and they were looking to get out of their um, lease from their first building. And so, um, yeah, we exchanged numbers. I followed up. Um and I was very persistent because, yeah, because, no, I, I don't think I got the call back, but I was persistent about, like, look, um, I want the space. And um, we had a meeting with the family of, yeah, the family. I remember having a meeting, and that was it. And it was just went on from there. I signed the lease and let the neighborhood know I'm coming. I pulled up. You pulled up. I, I pulled up. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> so you so you start your, your new shop. The direction you're going in, um, I love it. I love the concept. Um, how was the reception when you first opened up the first year? How was it? Because they say most businesses, they struggle the first year or whatnot. How did it come out? And what was your strategic thoughts of, like, how I'm going to get my name out there and get it popping right away? My first year was great. Um, actually, I had a problem, but it was a good problem. I had the demand, but I couldn't supply the demand. Mm. Because, honestly, even though I... I had did my homework and it was it was right. Like there was a demand there. They, you know, um, everything I said they needed, we were providing the solution. But what I didn't anticipate, um, I didn't anticipate that it was gonna do that well. I remember the first three weeks, the shop completely sold almost everything in there. And I remember I closed that Sunday sitting on the floor crying. Because I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I didn't, you know, because I hear so many stories of how the first three years is hard. People need to know that your business is there. Um, and I, you know, I, I, did, I did a lot of reading. And I remember reading that Starbucks only, you know, chose one of the things, um, or maybe was it before Starbucks. But I, rem- I remember reading this book. I thought they used Starbucks as a model, but maybe not. It might have been. I don't know if they were around then. Um, how they chose corner businesses for visibility, and that's where I chose. And even now, my second location is still almost a corner, you know, for visibility. And um, and I had no idea, honestly, that I was... I'd heard so many stories of, like, people knowing you're there, and um, it's hard, you know, to get customers. That was not my issue, at all. My issue was being able to supply the demand. I mean, where you're located, so to give people an idea, it's um, down Federal Hills near the or- the Raven Stadium, near the Oriole Candy Yards. You were there before Candy Yards, I would say. You were there. Yeah. You? You were it there was, all, all of this was all in transition yeah. to be built. Yeah. And it was being, yeah. That area is a very heavily walked area. Um, yes. People walk there all the time. And so that, I guess from a business standpoint, that makes sense. You know, I asked a lot of restaurants and business owners, they're like, what the first thing you look at? They look at walkability. What's the crowd? What's the traffic flow coming in there? And you have a prime location where you're located down there. So, you yes. know, kudos to you doing your homework. Thank you. And understanding what you really needed. So you had a good problem. You ran out of product. <laughs> right. That's a good problem. So you learned from that. And how did you adapt? How did you pivot yourself so you could understand 
your business? Could probably take a while to figure out how your business flows. Correct? Like, yeah, no, it's well. One, I had to understand who I was serving. Okay. What they needed, what they wanted, not about what I liked or what I thought was cute. Um, who who is my customer? What does it look like? Building that profile. Um, who I was serving, the age range, um, the income. Mm. That's important. And once I once I realized, narrowed that down, I was like, okay, now I know actually what product I'm going to stock to make sure because then people definitely had disposable income. And it's just making sure that if they're there to buy it, I need to have it to sell. So you've been doing it for 21 years. Yes. Tell us some things behind the curtain. Give us a little sneak peek behind the curtain. Like what... <laughs> Trials and tribulations have you gone through in these 20 years? Because that's a long time to have a store that long. Yes. I'm, I mean, that's a half a life. I mean, well, a quarter of a lifetime. But, you know what I mean? That's a long time. What things, could you give us a little peek about if I want, if you, the entrepreneurs are listening, that you've learned the trial tribulations you've gone through? Um, definitely get to know, build those relationships with your customers. Um, knowing what to like knowing the seasons, the peak seasons, knowing who you are, who your customer is. Oftentimes we get into a business, we're like, oh, I'm opening this business and not knowing who you're serving and, mm-hmm. and you're spending a lot of money. And it looks nice, but as I, through the years, I would tell anybody, I'm not in the museum business. I don't want things to just sit and look pretty. Mm. Um, Hold on, say that one more time. Say that because you, 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 no, 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 you just dropped. You just dropped. Are you good? You just dropped. You just dropped some heat right there. Yeah, no, Hold I don't on. like it. Bring that back. You said I'm not in the museum business. No. Go ahead. What was the line? What was the line? I don't want things to just sit and look pretty. Oh, I, I had to. I had to. Because I, I, I need a quick turnaround. I'm about to write that down. My phone. <laughs> that was a good one. So go ahead. So sorry about that. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so yeah, knowing who you're serving, um, being prepared. And then knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect from the very beginning and understanding one of the, that your customer builds your brand. You do not. I mean, yes, your brand, I've learned it's not the car, the, yes, we know the colors and everything, but it's who you're serving and what they're asking for and why the reason they're, they're coming back. You listen to that and constantly ask the whys and what they want and constantly serve and provide that value, I think everything else falls into place. Mm, I like that. I like that. The brand. Branding is... Because that's big. Branding is very big. Um, you know, what, what we... My customer told me my brand. That's what's up. And, yeah. then, and, and what, how'd, you, how'd that make you feel? Oh, one, um, relieved. <laughs> Two, um, I could... Focus the money, what what they want. Um, I mean, as a business owner, it's great when they tell you what they what you want. You don't have to try to figure it out. You know, you're figuring it out, but it's it's much easier when you allow them to tell you. Right, right. So you know, you 20 years and you're you're you're, you're killing the game out here. We were talking briefly before you got up here um, that you worked with CIWA, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's get into a little bit when COVID happened. Wow. And okay. Then, so, because we talked about the foot traffic, we talked about the walking. Your place is not it's not huge. It's not a huge spot. No, not at all. So you really you really tight quarters. So how when when COVID happened, things were shutting down. What what are you thinking? What's going? Take us to your mindset. Well, um, 
I was closed first for three and a half months. And I mean, just like anyone else on a personal level, you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh, can I say how long? Yeah, we got okay. it. We got it. We, we over 18. <laughs> um, so just on the personal, not even the business side, like what is going on? I mean, the world is changing right in front of our eyes so quickly, well beyond the two weeks that we thought the end of the month. That March 30th, oh my gosh, like I need to create something about that March 30th deadline we were talking about. We need a that. t-shirt for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We did. Why not I think of that? <laughs> um, I'll give you credit. <laughs> so um, so for closing, I'm like, what does this look like for, you know, what is going on? We've never, I've never experienced anything like that before. Um, and one of the things um, that was hard for me was I did not have a website at the time. Mm. And that's one of those things I kept putting it off and putting off because you know, I was serving the customers that was in front of me. And, and you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do a website one day. And it's one of those things, like, if you're already ready, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And I was not ready. Mm. I did not have a website. And I remember um, saying, okay, now I need to get a website when my back was against the wall. But, I mean, I pulled through. I built a website. It did really well, too. Um, but I was not ready. Um, but I had to pivot, you know, one of the things, um, I had to do, I had to sit back and like, okay, so we're closed. Had to think about what, again, the customer in mind, what are the things that, um, we used to do that we're no longer doing and how do I flip it? So, you know, I sold tons of accessories, earrings and jewelry, but there's no, no one's going to work now. We're on Zoom. Um, there's no happy hours. Girl, women are not coming in getting cute for happy hours or work or presentations, anything like that. So what are we doing? Um, so then I had to pivot in the new, the mask is now the accessory. So I'm like, I guess I'm in the mask business. But of course, you know, I'm like, I got to step it up further because I don't, I mean, no disrespect to the medical mask, but it's like, that's not cute. You know, I don't want people walking around looking like a patient every day, you know, with that blue mask. So I was like, okay, we got to step our game up on the mask. So I'm going to pivot. No one's worrying about earrings, but they care. We, you know, right now we are re- required to wear the mask. So we're going to up our game on the mask. And that's what we did and sold tons of them. They were, they were great for when people needed them, for those who still had to go to work or when you needed to go to the store. Everyone, that was the new accessory. So we flipped that. Um, the mask game, most of us, we were at home more. We were remodeling our homes. We, um, a lot of us became plant moms or, you know, the green thumb. So I'm going to sell planners, you know, keeping a customer in mind, wanting to be able to de- deliver. That's how I pivot. Lots of things for the home. We're cooking home more because we're not going out to dinner and eating. And we're, um, we're accessorizing. So I, I, you know, provided, well, I started to sell more things for the home, um, um, kitchen accessories, oven mitts, um, pot holders, anything I can think of to just change because our lives have changed. Um, to still keep the customer in mind. You know, the store was closed, but the human connection wasn't. And that's how I got through. She is, she is, y'all's got free game out here, folks. That's free game. <laughs> that's free game she just gave you. Because every, I ask every business owner that. How do you pivot? How do you figure things out? People come in, and I'm now I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have a website. I'm like, 
You know, I what? didn't. Because you, you now you had to adjust. How did your e-commerce work? Did a lot of people were people buying stuff offline like crazy, or how did you like get that word out saying I'm I'm online now? Were you doing your through your social media? How are you getting? Do you have a newsletter you send out to people, or how are you keeping the people in contact? Let them know, hey, we're up and live. We're up. And, we we have a website now. Right. Or, or, or order your favorite stuff. I can get it to you. Like, how'd you get that word out? Um, well, social media, like I said, the stores were closed. The store was closed, but the human connection was not. And I felt like during the pandemic, we really need to connect even more and build those relationships and that connection. And I did it through social media. Um, every day I post, I, I really, I feel like I stepped my game up during the, um, um, I know in my heart, I got better during the pandemic because it forced me to um, get out of that same daily, you know, kind of like, I got this, you know, the world changed. And so it, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. And when I was uncomfortable, I had to do what it, I was doing what it takes. So I was like, okay, so I need to step up social media. I need to make those connections. Customers are at home more. They're tuning in. They're bored. They need <laughs> something to do. Um, so, you know, along with, you know, um, so that's what I did. I, um, focused more on social media and then getting the word out, promoting as I, behind the scenes, I was working on the website, but talking, you know, with customers, um, and just promoting, heavenly promoting, 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 promoting. And by the time I launched, um, the website, which I remember sitting to this day, <laughs> sitting, working 3 a.m. every single mm. night in my dining room, working on it like, oh, my gosh, what is, you know, these product codes and tag, all these tags and things I didn't even know. I was like, look, I just need to get these photos up there, get the, the website going and tell the customers they can, you know, um, purchase online. And it exploded. I um yeah, exploded. The more the more I post, the more I told customers about it, um, the website. And they didn't you know, I could treat myself. I didn't like how all the pictures, oh my gosh, it was looking bad again now, some of them were horrible. Um, but customers they didn't care, you know. Um and it we're I went from there. I love it. You, you survived, though. I survived. You survived the pandemic, which, yes. which is a beautiful thing. So let's talk about, about CIAA. CIAA's basketball tournament was here recently, and you were a part of this. Tell the audience a little bit how you got selected, how you got, how this all came about for you um, doing a pop-up during CIAA. Yeah, so um, Downtown Partnership um, had opened it up to black um, small businesses. Um, they had a three-point pop-up. Of course, we were not at the arena where all of you know the official CIAA um, events were held, but Downtown Partnership um, thought it was important to showcase black businesses. We got a lot of visitors coming in um, to see what we have to offer beyond that, and it was great. Um, so um, I was one of the ones that was selected to show you know for it was a four-day pop-up. Along with, um, they had the you know artists, um, business owners, um, those from nonprofits, all of us in one building together for four days, and we did our thing. It was great. We need to have more things like that involved. Besides CIAA, we all got together as entrepreneurs and kind of like talk amongst ourselves where some of our struggles are. What are we doing next? It felt like family, and you know, just having that connection. It felt good. I love hearing that. 
I, I, that that it warms my heart. Shout out to Shalanda Stokes. Yes, definitely. She's a she's a friend of the podcast. She's a downtown <laughs> partnership. Holla at you. Yes. But, um, but yeah, they um they 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 activated and we were talking because I was actually down at the arena. And yes, I, you were doing your thing. Oh, there you go. And, <laughs> and and I wanted to be down there. I wanted to go to the trap. Uh, what was it? Trap, trap museum. museum. Oh, it wa- was great. I wanted to go to it, but it was like. Too far away. It wasn't too. Sorry, it's not far away, but it was like you had things going yes. on. You couldn't. You couldn't make it logistically down and come back. It just didn't make sense. Right. And yep. the time was during the prime time of the games, mm-hmm. so it was definitely. But next year we can do bigger and better things. Yeah. And we'll figure out thing. Um, shout out to visit Baltimore because um, hopefully we can do something with that yes. next year. And Thank you, Al. Yeah. Oh, oh, Al. Al Hutchinson, a friend yes. of the show too. Appreciate you. But uh, did you would. What was a so you say you, it felt real like a family down there? Yes, and I feel like so many times we don't have time to talk to each other's business owners and things of that nature. Right, and I always tell people take time to learn, understand what because maybe what you're going through is the same thing I'm going through. We just don't know, and then that person over there may have the answer. They've already been doing it the whole time. But we just don't talk. So I, I really love hearing that. Did you get anything from it? From like this, just I, felt, I call it fellowship of of other right. entrepreneurs. That's pretty cool to be around. Like when I'm around other podcasts and they talk to me, I'm like, "Oh, you could do that." I'm like, "Yeah." Like I'm starting a newsletter, and like oh, that's great. you know, and that's getting all the emails and getting the, those people out there saying, "Hey, this is what you may live." I have audience in California. You may yes. only see what you see in social media, but imagine you get an email because we get we all go to Macy's, we all go somewhere else, or you they say, "Can you put your email in first so we can?" And sometimes we delete it, but sometimes you're like, "Oh, let me let me check out what they got going on," and I want to keep connected. And that's one thing I'm doing, that's doing great. newsletter. I job. do that also. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that makes sense. And I just was like, oh, I was kind of a little intimidated by, it. but another podcast said, "This is the way to go. You need to figure out how to get connect with your people." Because guess what? When Instagram cuts off and Twitter cuts off, guess what? We can still email you. Definitely. You want those contacts. Right. And that's what it's all about. So, again, I appreciate it. Love hearing that. What do you hope people, when they hear this interview, walk away with? Like, when they hear your story and hear about your, your business? What do you hope? Um, that, um, well, one, for those who have not checked out Pandora's yeah. Box, if they're coming, pull up. I hope they're like, wow. You know, now I, I feel like there is more of a connection. I kind of understand the store a little bit more, the, know the owner, because um, oftentimes we don't get a chance to tell our story. And I appreciate you allowing me to tell my story today or getting to know me, you know, beyond the product. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Um, but, yeah, I hope um, everyone's excited to want to come visit. Um, also know that. If you're an entrepreneur thinking about opening up a business of some sort, and knowing, I hope I shared light on um, what's important when you're starting your business beyond the um, business card and the pretty walls and you know the excitement of the of the pretty things to do. Who's most important when starting your business? And the real work starts after you close. <laughs> yes. That's what I tell people. <laughs> the real work. I always tell people, oh, you're you're still no. Nah. I'm here sometimes one or two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. Because you're always thinking, always figuring things out. I'm sure you do that all the time. Yes. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., that's when all the ideas and the work, the real work is happening. What are, can you tell everybody your hours of what time you guys open and close, where we can find you on social media? Are you TikToking yet? Oh, (laughs) during the pandemic, that's just been my thing. I love TikTok. Um, Actually, TikTok just pulled up on me. They sent me actually a big box of things. They want me to start TikTok actually... 
Um, they said they loved my videos and sent me a box of goodies and mm. they want me to switch over to TikTok business because I didn't. I, I think those assumed that I had a um, TikTok business. I just named it Pandora's mm. box, but it was an extra creator personal page. I didn't actually have a right. business. So they asked me, I got um, the meaning to switch over to actually create a TikTok business page. Okay. But um, I am open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6 and on Sundays, 11 to 5. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. What's the, what's the handle? What's the handle? Sir? Oh, handle? At, I'm sorry. At Shop Pandora's Box Boutique. It's oh. the same for each, all of them. Okay. And what days? Are you there every day? Um, except for Monday. So Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6, and Sundays, 11 to 5. So they will come see you? Oh, yeah. They can come see me. They can pull up. They can pull up? Yes. And <laughs> what, and again, like just just to wrap this up in the bow, I mean, we really want to celebrate what you have been going on. Um, just Women's History Month, and I think Women's History is every day. I call it Women Her Story. Thank you. And I, I just like Black History, I tell people it doesn't stop on February twenty eighth. Absolutely, you, it's all year, you know. And we want to celebrate you. I'm so happy we finally. I mean, we literally met last July, and now it is March that we're doing this interview. That's how things happen. But I always believe things happen for a reason at the right time. Absolutely. And I appreciate you taking time out your day to come up here. And no, you live up here, but coming through and hanging out for no, a little but thank bit. thank you for having me. You yeah, know? this and, was great. And so I'm, I always ask a couple quick fun yeah, questions absolutely. for everybody, all right? Speed round. Brunch or dinner? Dinner. If you could have your favorite dinner right now, favorite meal, what would you have? If you could get anything you want. <laughs> Man. That's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... We can come. We'll come back. We'll come okay. back. We'll come back to it. Snowballs or ice cream? Ice cream. You from Baltimore? Some balls. Ice cream? Yes. Come on I, now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please give me ice creams. <laughs> no, but just enjoy. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I grew up on snowballs. They're on every corner. I know, I know. But I'm still. I, I'm addicted. I love ice cream. <laughs> a beach or a pool? A pool. Okay, okay. Um, crabs or crab cakes? Crabs. I like it. I love the experience. I love it. I love it. Wing. Okay, so chicken wings. Do you, do you eat flats or drums? I like flats. Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. All right, there we go. <laughs> and what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, wow. Okay, so the best advice that I've ever received that I actually use, um, that I actually practice, I'm sorry. Hire someone that don't, don't hire anyone that you wouldn't see yourself working for. Mm. So I have a young lady now that I recently hired and um, I look at her like she, like, I work for her because even though I'm old enough to be her mother, she keeps me on point. She understands. She 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 has it. It's only a matter of time. She's going to blow one day. Mm. Um, so I, I live by that. Only hire someone that you could see yourself working for. I love that. I love, I love hearing everybody's. I love this response. Everybody's <laughs> different ones. I love that. All right. Again, uh, your Monday, your Tuesday through Saturday, Saturday. 11? 11 to 6. 11 to 6. And then on Sunday? 11 to 5. 11 to 5. Off on Monday because she's tired. She want to relax and enjoy herself. <laughs> I'm still working, but I'm working behind the scenes. <laughs> right, and again, anything else before we leave? Head out today. 
Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, we the show is happy you're here. Um, we really enjoy you coming and just hanging out. And um, maybe like once everything clears out and come whatnot, you know, hopefully we can do a live show with people around. You know, and just have black businesses, black entrepreneurs, and we have people around listening to some things you guys have done and learned and pivoted. And because we got a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs but don't know how to. Absolutely. They, they like they like like you said they like the flashing things, but they don't understand the work that you don't see on social media. Right. And that's what you and I do all the time. All right, folks. We thank you guys for listening again. We're celebrating Women's History Month. Love, peace, and happiness. We're out. <laughs>